1: So I'm really excited about this episode. The title—if you've seen the title—we uh, actually haven't totally agreed on the title, but it's something about how we broke our children. Correct?
0: Yes. And I have to say that both of our chi- both of us have a broken child right now, but yes. we didn't break them.
1: No, that's true. And and maybe, I, I
0: had nothing to do with it. I wasn't even in the same county. So. Me neither.
1: I, well, I was in the same county, but I was not in the same vicinity.
0: Um, but I have to
1: say, it's rare that we come up with an episode topic. Based on something that's really currently happening in both of our houses, unless it's something obvious like Christmas or back to school. Then, of course, we're going to do the seasonal stuff. But, um, yeah, Violet broke her a bone near her ankle. Uh, Owen broke a bone near his hip. We're going to get into all this within four days. So we were like, why don't we talk about broken bones? And that's how we got here,
0: friends. (laughs) Yep. And then I guess that also kind of then opens the door to stitches and, you know, all the boo-boos that are beyond, that are, we could talk about the, the you know, simple boo-boos too, but like really the injuries where you're like, eh, I don't know, do I go in? Do I not go yeah. in? Um, so we can tell some stories. I have to say, Sarah, that when I was going through the questions that you put in the outline and thinking about what stories I would tell, Mine kind of fall into two categories. It's the one I did something about. So <laughs> the one that like, you know, I actually did take them to the ER or to urgent care. There's the ones where I, I didn't and later kind of wished I had. Yeah. And in those cases, I can remember the kids involved. The other ones, I cannot remember which kid. It's like, oh I just gosh. have this general memory of like someone hit their head and I was a little nervous that maybe I should have brought him in, but I watched them really closely and everything was fine. I don't remember which kid that was. I just know that that happened to me. but like when they actually went in and got the stitches or whatever, I do remember that. So
1: that is so funny. Yeah. And we looking back in the archives realized we have done some episodes about illness. We've done some episodes about, you know, helping kids go to the doctor or ease their anxiety about shots. So it's like, we've kind of circled around this without ever really talking about broken bones, stitches. And there's a few other things, like you said, head bonks, maybe burns or allergic reactions, these things where they're going to probably happen to you or your kids in, you know, in the, in the raising of your children. Sometimes you seek medical attention right away and it's obvious. Sometimes you're kind of on the fence and we're going to talk a lot about that. I will say all of my stories are, uh, none of my stories involve like an ambulance with flashing lights, 911 call. And I'm very, I know I'm very lucky for that. So I think we should say like, I don't know. When we did that episode about um, mom to the rescue moments, we had one or two people say, oh, my gosh, this was so traumatizing for me. I couldn't listen. And I felt really bad. But also, like, we're going to tell some stories about our kids getting hurt today. They're all fine. And I think we we may even laugh a little bit about it because we're imperfect humans trying to keep our kids alive. But at no point am I laughing at, you know, a kid in an emergency. Does that make sense? Is that like a little
0: disclaimer? and we all went through it. I mean, we were all st- like we all I didn't actually ever broke a break a bone or get um stitches that I recall as a kid, but I I got a bad burn once. I got bitten by things, I got stung by bees. Like there's just those things happen. They happen to all of us in some way. Mm-hmm. And and I will agree that none of my stories are that scary. Like they're yeah. just kind of your like your run of the mill kid twist ankle coming down off of a, you know, <laughs> coming down off of a curb or like, already. it's not you know. funny. <laughs> well, I'm just saying <laughs> Inappropriate it's like laughter. Stuff. it's the stuff like kids do because they're clumsy and kids and they just get themselves into all kinds of, and it's the same kind of stuff I still do too sometimes. Right. But um, it's kind of funny because when I started thinking about the injuries, my kids have had, it brought me down the, you know, it brought me down the path of thinking about the injuries I had when I was a kid and yeah, and how like long it's been since I just went around injuring myself all the time. But kids are scrappy and, you know, yes. they're close to the ground and their balance isn't great. And they're learning how to do new things and riding on bikes and all kinds of stuff. So yeah. yeah, we're, this isn't going to be something where there's like a super dramatic scene, um, but there will be blood.
1: There will, there may be some blood. Um, And I guess what I want to say yeah. is if you have endure or experienced that as a mom already, where like a, an unconscious kid, a car accident, something truly flashing lights terrifying i I'm, I have so much empathy for you, and I'm so sorry you've gone through that and i I think that can be really traumatic for moms, so that is not really what we're we're doing today. We're talking about that more run of the mill stuff, and we're telling our own stories. I think if you haven't done this yet i I made it several years into parenting without a cast or broken bone um so I think I would have been grateful for just this kind of normalizing of how much, how much gray area there is in that should I or shouldn't I take yeah. a kid for an x-ray? Like, Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option.
0: Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get.
1: And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair.
0: Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created.
1: That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one.
0: Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, Right. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah, so let's just set the scene here. I was gone last weekend. I was up in Northern Michigan traveling, and I think I was on my way up there when I got a text from you Mm -hmm. um, showing Violet in a boot Mm -hmm. and, you know, with her sad story. And then I thought, oh, man, that would be such a hard thing right now. This this is like literally what was going through my head (laughs) as I was losing signal and couldn't text you. Like, man, it would stink right now to have a, a broken kid like summer's almost here and like there's going to be pool time and all that. And then literally um, three or four days on Monday, mm-hmm. I had a, a child break get broken. So, yes, um, you tell your story first.
1: OK, so, yeah, this was all within four days that we each went through this. So Violet was at school on Thursday of last week and was she has P.E. at the very, very end of the day. She loves P.E. And she gets a ride home from carpool. So she got home and she kind of limped up the steps a little bit and um didn't say anything, could didn't look like she'd been crying. Her carpool, like my friend Ian, the dad, didn't say anything. So she comes in and I can tell she's limping. And you know, eight-year-olds like they they limp all the time and they limp right. exaggeratedly <laughs> when they have right. like a stub toe or whatever. And I was like, Oh, are you limping? She's like, Yeah. I kind of like twisted my ankle at the end of PE and I was like, okay. Um, And she sits down for a snack and I said, well, let me see. Let's take your shoe off and maybe put your foot up or whatever. And right around the outside ankle bone. So, you know how it's like, kind of like, it's already kind of like a little ball, like a small golf ball itself, that bone that sticks out. Yeah. It was already kind of puffy just right around the bone, not the whole ankle around it, but just that outer ankle bone that already sticks out. It was just starting to swell. And I was like, oh, you really did twist your ankle. She's like, yeah. And she is not freaking out. She's not crying. and She didn't look like she had been crying. So I was like, okay, we'll just put your foot up. And then over the next like half hour, hour, it was getting more and more swollen. And at one point she started to cry. and I, mm. And it's interesting that she didn't cry until like an hour after it had happened. So she probably was holding it together at school or maybe the pain was really starting to set in. So I was like, well, let's, okay, let's put ice on it. You're not going anywhere. I just kind of let her watch TV and keep her foot up for the rest of Thursday. And it swelled pretty good. It was like that outer ankle bone, like got up to like, not quite tennis ball size, but it was still like a spherical ball. It was just big, oh, no other bruising yeah. or swelling around the ankle, just mm-hmm. that bone. And I took a couple pictures of it and I, I put, I gave her Advil before bed. She slept through the night and I was not, I was thinking twisted ankle, like which kids do all the time. And in the morning I was like, how, how'd you sleep? How'd you do? And she's still favoring it limping again, not crying, not super upset. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I need to send this kid to school today because I need to work. So I'm thinking, what shoe can we put over this to send you off to school? And I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking that I'm thinking, how can I comfortably get her to school? Cause I think it's just a twisted ankle. And our carpool buddies, the dad is the at-home dad who does a lot of the carpool driving. The mom is an orthopedic surgeon. And I was texting with the dad that morning to see if they had an ACE bandage because I thought I'm going to wrap this ankle and shove it in an Ugg boot and send her off to school. So I'm texting with the dad who's not an orthopedic surgeon. And I texted him a picture almost jokingly. I was like, hey, Ian, do you have an ACE bandage? Because I need to to figure out a way to get this into a... Foot into a shoe so I can send Violet to school. And the text I get back is, Hey, Sarah, it's Amy. Ian just showed me this picture and that needs an x ray today. And so, of course, I feel like an awesome parent. I'm like, Oh, I was totally thinking it was just a twisted ankle. Like, she's not acting super upset. And Amy was like, I'm going to have my friend who's the pediatric ortho call you on his way to work. So now I feel really special because I'm like, I'm, I'm bypassing all the appointment lines. And she's like, no, that needs to be. She asked me a couple more questions. She said, does it hurt when you touch the bone there? And can she stand on it? And I'm like, well, she can, but she doesn't want to. And she's like, yep, I'm going to have my friend, my colleague call you on his way to work and they should have a nine o'clock x-ray. So long story short, we go in and get an x-ray only because I happen to have a neighbor friend who's in ortho. Otherwise, I would have shoved it in an Ugg boot and sent her off to school because my we'll get into this later. But my assessment as a mom was like, yep. You know, sprained or twisted ankle, a little swollen. The kid is fine, so be- just we okay. happen to get the information, go get an X ray, and turns out it's a type of growth plate fracture. So the growth plate is at the end of that tibia bone, going into the ankle, and um, growth plate fractures are really common in kids when they turn their ankle. Growth plates are softer than bone, so basically, like the ligament gets stretched when you twist your ankle, and that would happen to you or I, and we'd get like a torn ligament and a, a sprained ankle. But because kids have those soft growth plates, it's pretty easy to to trauma or traumatize the growth plate because the ligament's actually stronger than the growth plate at this point. And um, growth plate injuries are common, but it's pretty important that you treat them because if they don't heal correctly, it can affect the way bones grow. That's why people end up with like one leg shorter than the other, or whatever. So it's why mm-hmm. it's why the doctors keep a close eye. It's not because it's like super serious or it wouldn't heal on its own, but it's just you don't want to mess around with the growth plate. So, that was the diagnosis. Um, and the treatment is a boot for three to four weeks. I know this is getting long, but one more interesting fact that I learned, he said, you know, it's not, it's not totally possible to tell from the x-ray. He said, but if after a one week you could take the boot off and she wiggles her ankle around, she can stand on it. There's no pain. He said, then it turns out it was just a sprain. He's like, I can't be 100% sure. He's like, I'm pretty sure. Um, he said, so try it after one week. If, if she feels a hundred percent completely, then it was just a sprain and you can call me and I'll tell you to take the boot off. But if not, then I'm right. And yesterday, as we record this yesterday was one week. And I mean, it is still green bruise all around that oh. bone. It's still mildly swollen. And she, when she takes her boot off at night to sleep, she says, ow, ow, ow. So there was no oh. question it was the right diagnosis. And I was totally wrong as we'll get into later. So that's the current that's the Violet story, um, and I would love to hear Owen's.
0: Okay, so, um, and that does all sound like I think I would have been equally confused. And none of my kids, <laughs> until now, have ever had a broken bone. So, like, I have had many times that my kids have had swelling or, you know, some kind of rant like bruising around the ankle mm-hmm. or a joint, and I'm like, well, and you know, you don't you didn't always know what to do. So yeah, um, so with Owen, um. I was on my way back from Northern Michigan um, on Monday. And again, the signal is just not great. And I was the passenger in the car. So I was every now and then looking at my phone, but I had a feeling like texts just weren't coming through because my phone had been completely silent, you know, for hours at that point. And we must've just crossed over the bridge. And suddenly I got like a rush of texts and phone calls. And um, it was John and they had been doing like a backyard hangout for Memorial Day. And um, my let's see. I trying to remember who I think Clara challenged them, both William and Owen to a race. And so Clara ran and then William ran and then Owen decided he was going to smoke them both. Right. And as he tends to do, we've we have joked about his like rage strength before. Mm-hmm. But when he really wants like he doesn't really do things halfway. Like he has no interest <laughs> in jogging. He wants to all out sprint, you know, so yeah. he just all out went for it. And when he was a little kid, he used to get heat exhaustion kind of Mm -hmm. a lot because he would go so hard. Like he would just run himself into a crumpled little mess. So he was running and the way John described it, he just went down. Like he was running, running, like full out running and then just crumpled and fell. And they ran out and got him and he said he couldn't walk. Oh my gosh. And so we're like, what on earth? Like, and I said, did he, Run into something? Did he trip? And John's like, no, he was just running and then he fell down. So I was like, oh my gosh, does he have like osteoporosis or something? You know, some weird bone disease or yeah. something. And so John, I think, was trying to check in with me. Um, that's kind of the dynamic we've often had. Like he kind of goes back and forth, and I usually am the one to make a more definitive decision, like mm-hmm. go or stay, like it, we're going in or we're not. And I was like, no, nope, sounds like you got to go in. I mean, just from the way he described it and the, like how much pain he described Owen being in. And he was like, yeah, I was thinking, because if if it's um, a dislocation, you have to have that looked at right away because yeah. otherwise like, it's very difficult to put it back later and it mm. can mess you up. And apparently that's how Bo Jackson ended his career. I don't know. I didn't okay. ever pay attention to Bo Jackson, but John's explaining all this to me on the phone. I'm like, okay, enough about Bo Jackson. Just <laughs> put him in the car and take him to the ER. So, you know, then we're still going through kind of spotty signal areas. So finally at like, you know, and Owen was texting with me from the car, from the doctor's office, and he seemed chipper. Apparently, as long as he was sitting, he was okay. Um, but he really couldn't put any weight on it, and it hurt just as much to stand on the good leg and hold the broken Ooh, one up. Gosh. So yeah, yeah. it all hurt. Um, sitting, sitting was okay. Laying was okay. So finally, at like, you know, 1130, I'm exhausted because I've been traveling for three or four days, and I just got home. And John said, we're still in the ER. We're waiting for the, um, we're waiting for the CT scan results because the x-ray looked clear, but there was like a dark spot and they couldn't really tell. So um, they, I was like, okay, well, do you want me to wait up or should I just go to sleep and leave my ringer on? And he said, just go to sleep. So I woke up in the morning and did not hear. He did text me, but I didn't hear it. And it was, um, it's called an avulsion fracture, which is when. It's usually when a kid has like a burst of speed of some sort, mm-hmm. so like it happens to athletes a lot, and it's pretty common in teens. And the tendon, like they there's so much force that the tendon pulls a piece of bone off. Oh my God, like a chip of bone. So he had it's up on his hip, and look, actually on his hip, I was a little unclear about that, but it is on his hip bone. And the next day, let's see, that was like late Monday. Tuesday, he came home. Wednesday morning, I took him in to see an orthopedic surgeon who said, yeah, this is pretty common. Um, he'll be on crutches. No need for a cast. He can put weight on it. So he doesn't, he's not restricted. Like, because hmm. he can do whatever, hmm. but he probably just won't want to. Right. And so the um, crutches are for comfort. And he said within three or four weeks, he'll probably feel a lot better. And then the challenge is don't let him, like, make sure he eases in. Right. And doesn't try to, like, run again and then re-injure himself. Cause you know, that could happen. So that was that. And it felt like such a weird freakish thing. And it's so funny to hear that. It's actually not that freakish and pretty common. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that is actually the first experience I've had with any kind of fracture or broken bone in my kids. That's amazing. And you said you didn't have any growing up either. No, I never broke anything. I sprained my wrist once, which I just remember being a big bummer because I sprained it falling off my bike. And then it was summer and I couldn't really do anything for like a long time in the summer. Um, and I remember the time I tried, I thought, oh, it's feeling a lot better. I guess I'll try to ride my bike and like crashed because I couldn't hold Aww. the handlebars. So no, that's it. Never a broken bone. I should knock all the wood
1: right now. I know. I didn't either. Um, and I didn't have stitches either. I forgot that we have that in common. Um, yeah. I also sprained my wrist more than once. And once was a pretty bad sprain. It, I mean who knows in today's diagnosis, maybe we both broke our wrists, but we were fine. We just right, I know. I thought bandage about on that. it and went along our way.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, it's not like I was a very, you know, indoorsy quiet child. I was outside. I fell a lot. I have lots of scabs on my knees that never healed. Like I have scarring on my knees from falling a lot. Um, elbows, same thing. So it's not like I wasn't I wasn't like a super rough and tumble kid, but I definitely had my fair share of run-ins with the ground at high speed. Um, Just for whatever reason, it was never, and I wasn't an athletic kid. So I think I did miss Mm -hmm. like a lot of my friends when they were breaking bones, it's because they played sports and I really was never like a real sporty kid. So I missed the, you know, contact sport, um, injuries that a lot of my friends got. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's
1: talk a little bit about this whole, like deciding whether to seek treatment. And some injuries are really obvious and a lot of others are on the fence. So do you think in general, having gotten five kids, at least through the childhood years, are you an overreactor or an underreactor when it comes to your kids getting hurt, like rub some dirt on it, or we'll wait till Monday when the regular pediatrician is open? Or do you have that, like, we should have a professional look at this, like, or somewhere in the middle?
0: Yeah. So for me, I think the thing that is the constant between both injuries, any kind of injuries um, and things like illnesses and other emergencies is I can go into a very eerily calm place. I feel like we just talked about this not too long ago, how I can become almost cold and like detached seeming because I'm just, I'm weighing all of the information that I have Mm -hmm. and I'm running it through my mental computer and I'm going immediately into like triage mode and And then, once I decide, I'm decisive. so it feels like I have a pretty good instinct about what requires immediate attention versus what does not But that's not to say I mean, there might be things I didn't take my kids in for that I should have, and I don't remember them because nothing bad happened. It all but, turned out okay, yeah, because it all turned out okay. i I don't really know i I will say, um, I typically kind of go through like a little mental process if I'm not sure where I might look I might use the internet, and I think that injuries actually are one of those times when. Google really can be your friend because Mm. it's not like, it's not like a, like an illness where you can let your mind go in all sorts of awful directions. Like, is this a cough or is it, you know, COVID or a cancer? It's more like, um, what are the signs I really need to look for? What would be concerning about this? I think it just helps Mm -hmm. me to know like what it could be. And then, or maybe ask a knowledgeable friend. It just so happens that I've always had medical people in my life um, and sports medicine people that like John's sister is, um, an athletic, like her thing was being an athletic training. That's her Mm -hmm. background. And so she knows a lot about the kinds of injuries that active people get. Right. Um, so I've had that benefit, but usually unless a kid is bleeding everywhere, um, I'll take a few minutes to decide. And then even if a kid is bleeding everywhere, sometimes I'm holding a washcloth to the wound and and taking a few minutes to decide. And I think yeah. I'm also more likely to act based on how the kid seems to feel. So mm-hmm. if they're not acting like themselves, if they're in serious pain, if they can't do anything, or again, bleeding everywhere, I'm more likely to to like take quicker action. But there's definitely been times I've waited a little while to see. Yeah. Um, and I think it's funny, you and I both use the word calculus, because in our notes, we we were both saying there is that calculus you have to do where you're like, do so it's the er versus waiting until morning what do i benefit what do i lose mm-hmm. um you know what what will tomorrow look like if it turns out i made the wrong choice what will tonight look like if it looks mm-hmm. like if it turns out i didn't have to go in there's just a lot that goes into that and i feel like once i've decided i don't really second guess later but it, it it's like a it's like running something through a computer yeah what about it you is.
1: <laughs> it is the mom computer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I relate to a lot of what you said. It's interesting. I think I'm a little different with illness and injury. And I've talked many times. I, I do have health and health related illness, anxiety myself, both for myself and for my kids. So with illness, I, I always have been a, like, let's get on top of this now. Like let's have a doctor look in your ears now. So we don't end up with ear infection so bad that we're at urgent care over the weekend. I was very, I was like comically preventative in, especially in like the baby and toddler years. And I also recognize there's a ton of privilege with that, having health healthcare and health insurance that makes doctor visits feasible and not a, not a financial decision. So I, I recognize that that is a position of privilege. And I often was of the mind that I just wanted to get ahead of illnesses, especially with high fevers, or if I suspected an ear infection you know, or even like a skin rash or something. I just, I wanted somebody to look at it sooner rather than later. I don't think I am that way with injuries for all the reasons that you said. Once your kid can talk a little bit and you can see them, like how they're responding to maybe some Advil or how they're responding to some ice. I think I've been a lot more measured in my approach with injuries than I am with illness. And just like you said with Google, I think it's because the worst case scenario thinking that I tend to do doesn't get activated with a twisted ankle, right? Like, I mean, there are some complicating things like you said with a hip dislocation, for example, like there are some things to be aware of and not want to be like totally careless, but there's, it's not like it's going to be cancer. Like, like we said with Googling. So I think I am more wait and see with injuries, but as we just discovered with Violet, she wasn't very upset. She wasn't crying. She wasn't overly swollen or black and blue. And yet if I hadn't known, I would have probably waited. It was Memorial day weekend. It was the Friday of Memorial day weekend. She probably still would have been in pain and still swollen like four days later on Monday. And I would have been like, huh, maybe I should take her in. And guess what? It right. also still would have been fine. It's like, it would have been fine either way. I just kind of got lucky with my, my little friend around the corner. So, um, and like you said, there's just, there's so much um, weighing of the benefits of doing urgent care versus ER versus your regular pediatrician. I've gotten so many x-rays for things over the years. And I will say, if you know a pediatric orthopedic practice with an x-ray in the office, like this is what they do. They are the practice in your town that sees Mm -hmm. the kids with broken arms. That's the place. If they're on your health insurance plan, that's the place to call first and to go first. If you, if you're, if that works with your health insurance, because everywhere else, It's where you're going to end up anyway. Everywhere else is going to either send you out for an x-ray or at one time I found out that the x-ray machine in the urgent care wasn't even very good and ended up with a misdiagnosis. So anyway, I guess I'm not supposed to give medical advice, but if I have advice, I learned after a few times that if I could wait to get directly in to the specialist, that saved me so much time, worry, headache um, and, and hassle and pain for the kid, right? Cause these exams, right. if you have a kid who's hurt, it's very uncomfortable and can be scary. And so I have, as I've matured, I have gotten much more to the, like, I can wait till Monday if we can go right to the pediatric ortho basically.
0: Well, I think that's interesting because I mean, again, I'm not giving medical advice. I'll simply observe that Owen and John were in the ER waiting for an X-ray results. And then for to be told What about them? And I don't even know um, why they decided to do the the CT if it was really just because the X-ray didn't show what it needed to, or if that's just standard operating procedure in an ER. I really don't know. Um, But that took about six hours, I'm going to say. And we were in and out of the pediatric. Well, it wasn't even just just pediatrics. It was like a sports medicine. I think it's where all the athletes go, you know, like high school athletes. And I think they did peds too. But anyway, we were in and out of there in less than half an hour. Yeah. And that included another x-ray. They did their own anyway. Yeah, Yeah, So it was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, I guess if it had been something freakish, like a hip dislocation or something like that, it would have been good to have him seen. But most of the time, it's not that, right? So we probably still would have been okay if we'd waited a couple of days, but you don't know. And Sarah, to your point about, um, like, I don't have a lot of anxiety around illness or injury. I would say I have a little more around injury than illness. And I think the reason is because illnesses tend to kind of look to me, they sort of present the same. It's like, is it a bad, is it a bronchitis or a bad cold? Is it, you know what I mean? Like the symptoms are all going to be like in your chest, in your stomach, in your eyeballs, (laughs) in your, the temperature of your skin. And they, they feel recognizable to me. Whereas Mm -hmm. injuries feel like there is like illness always has felt to me like something the body is doing on purpose. Like it's, the symptoms of the illness ah. are what the body is supposed to be doing, whereas an injury is something like external that, that happened that happened to the body. And now I don't have any idea what's going on. I can't even like I don't know enough about anatomy to be able to feel a wrist and go, "Oh, that feels swollen." I just don't know. Right. And I think I second guess myself a little bit more. So I I'm just gonna guess. I think I've been more reactive about um, about injuries than illness over the years. That's just kind of an assessment.
1: I love that reframing of uh, illness for me, that it's like your body, it's your body responding in its way, which is there's something sort of organic about that versus like your finger got chopped off or whatever. Right. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Not that that happened to any of our children. It didn't.
0: Wait, I haven't gotten to my story yet. Just kidding. Just (laughs) kidding. All of my kids still have their fingers.
1: We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor, and Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June.
0: Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out, (laughs) and their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love.
1: Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy
0: moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com/slash/investing in America.
1: Okay, so kind of continuing down this road of how do you know what do you do if you aren't sure whether to seek medical attention for an injury. Um, I thought we could just talk about times we realized later that we maybe aired in one direction or another and not that we're beating ourselves up for it, but I have a couple that come to mind. Um, one where I should have probably gone in. Allegra had a, a bookshelf. Uh, it was a lightweight bookshelf fall on her, but a bookshelf did fall on her arm and kind of pinned her arm between um, the ottoman of her rocker. She was about 18 months, 20 months. Maybe I was pregnant with Reed. And there was a bruise on her forearm. There was no like it was just a bruise. There wasn't it didn't get twisted or dislocated like and she cried and then she stopped. But I have never seen a bruise that lasted quite that long. Or was that um, it was like hard kind of. And Brian Mm -hmm. still maintains that he thinks like she had a little broken arm and her little her little wing. It didn't affect any like wrist movement. It didn't affect anything. It was just a giant bruise. And I wonder you know, the way little toddler bones, knowing what I know now about toddler bones, if there was a little a chip or a break or some kind, I don't know. So that one, I feel like I was so naive. I, I probably should have taken her in. Um, later, I'll mention the time that Violet uh, had a broke a fractured elbow and walked around for like six days before I took her in. Um, I'll, I'll save that story for later. But I definitely, I tried to do the right thing that time and got confused by a bad urgent care experience. So there again, it's like, where you take them also kind of impacts the experience, so
0: yeah, right. I know because you can take them in and still not get good advice and not exactly and not yeah, and not get the treatment you need
1: and then on the other side, the should have waited, this is really funny, and I bet we have listeners who've done this two different times. I have taken a toddler toddler preschooler in to a pediatrician because they refuse to walk on their leg and they're too young to really tell you what's going on, but they're crying and they're fussy and they're like limp dragging their leg around and I'm in a panic and then had them like jump around like a normal kid in the doctor's office waiting room. Twice that has happened to us. Brian was the the one who got fooled the second time it was Violet. And I think she had growing pains or something. The first time Allegra had, I think we caught her knee pulling her out of the high chair. And she just like, she was like, again, probably like 15 months and didn't know like how to tell us she was barely walking. I think she'd only been walking for like a month or so. But anyway, so I have been I've been made the fool twice in a pediatrician's waiting room by kids I thought had like broken legs and they turned out to be fine.
0: So I was going to say I couldn't think of a time I should have waited. But but this kind of is under the injury um, header. And that was a time that we thought one of our kids had a hernia. Oh, because they were like doubled over in yes. pain around My the brother groin. used
1: to get them when he was little.
0: Yeah. And so we thought it must have pulled something or whatever. I don't know what it is. And we took, took him to the ER and it turned out he just had to poop. <laughs> <laughs> Pooped in the ER and then was like, well, I'm all better. <laughs> so that was one of them. And the same kid I one time took to the ER because he had blue lips that wouldn't go away. And I thought he had like <laughs> somehow injured himself. I mean, he wasn't sick. So I was like, he's not sick. I don't know what's going on. He must have like somehow damaged his windpipe playing or something. And it turned out he was just really cold because he'd been like playing in a pool or something and his lips just didn't, they were just blue. And I felt like such an idiot. Like the, Uh, honestly, the ER doctor looked at me like I was crazy. And it was one of those where I'm like, what was I even thinking? I just, sometimes you get an idea in your head yes, and like, you just can't get it out. And there was, I was convinced that something had happened to his like lungs or brain or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, same kid, by the way for both of those. Um, Should have gone to the doctor. Now, this is one where nothing bad happened that we didn't go but jacob when he and this is like a really kind of a creepy story so if you're easily skeeved out like maybe just shut your ears for a second um jacob was about 6 or 7 and we were at my dad's and he was riding on like an old bike i want to say it was maybe even my old bike from when i was younger or something mm-hmm. and the rubbery thing on the handlebars was wearing mm-hmm. off yes so you know how then the edges are like sharp metal
1: yes oh my god and
0: he did that thing that kids do all the time where they dump the bike and then they kind of grab at the handlebar and then fall on it mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you could, mm-hmm. you could see a little yes. kid doing that and is and the handlebar sharp edge went between mm. his nose and lip, like in the little oh soft, like not even I'm trying to describe it. It's actually like around the nose. Like if you went around your nostril to the bottom, mm. like where the cartilage is hard. Yes. It was like separated from the rest of his face. And it wasn't a bad wound. It didn't bleed much. Um, at, You know, after the initial rush, because face wounds are always pretty bad with the bleeding, but like it went away really fast it, it was easy to clean out. And he just had a tetanus shot. Like, I think cause it was like kindergarten, first grade right. aged. And so I looked at it and I'm like, I don't even know what they would, there's no way to stitch it. It's right. not, you couldn't like pull the skin together and stitch it. It was like this little weird flap. And so I didn't do anything about it. And it plagued me for like two weeks. And I kind of think the only reason I think I should have gone in is that it would have should, they probably would have just told me. This is gonna totally heal, and there's nothing you yeah. can do. And instead, I second-guessed myself every day and wondered if he was gonna end up with his like face all disfigured and stuff like that. And it would have been nice just to have the reassurance, honestly. Yeah. Um, But it yeah. healed just fine. It healed actually very quickly and very cleanly. So maybe it's just the kind of place where the cartilage almost holds the nose in place. There's not—it's right. not like throughout the day that it's moving around a lot. Um, the jury is still out on the time that Isaac had nursemaid's elbow because. I figured out what it was pretty quick. And it was actually at daycare uh, or like an after preschool program or something it was essentially daycare. And one of the workers grabbed his arm and, you know, the thing you're not supposed yep. to do oh, with yeah. little kids. He got nursemaid's elbow. I knew right away what it was. I Googled it. I knew what to do mm-hmm. and I just couldn't bring myself to do it because there's mm-hmm. a pretty simple little procedure oh, that yeah. you do um, that you've done before with your kids. And I could not bring myself to do it. And so I took him in to the chiropractor and they did it. It was fine. But like I was out 50 bucks. I worried, like he was in pain a lot longer than he needed to be. And mm-hmm. I worried longer. And honestly, at the time, like did not have the time to take off of work to do that. I should have just, I should have either just taken care of it or taken him to the ER right away. And I kind of hemmed and hawed and
1: kind of did like a little bit of both almost. Right. Like, yeah. I,
0: yeah. I was in, uncharacteristically indecisive and it felt bad. So, um, That kind of reminded me, though, of like, you know, talking about Jacob's bicycle (laughs) handlebar injury. Did you ever have things with your kids that looked really scary, but after you did it once or twice, you found out it was just pretty normal? And the one that I remember is that my kids, two of them in particular, Isaac and Owen, who both are fair and kind of similar, have similar complexions, um, Mm -hmm. used to get enormous goose eggs. Like whenever they had even Uh any kind of facial injury it would swell up so big and be so like red and purple and sometimes like scabby on the end. And I would look at it and think, how can they not be brain damaged? Like they (laughs) must have a skull fracture. And I don't think I ever took them in anywhere, but I did have a doctor friend who was like, no, some, as long as there's no signs of concussion or whatever, like some kids just swell up like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, finally, by the time I got to like Oh, and I wasn't as worried about it. It was more like, oh, there's Owen. he's just like Isaac. He gets goose eggs. But with Isaac, I did have quite a few times where um, I was pretty worried. Did you have anything like that?
1: Well, I think anything in the mouth area looks scarier Mm. than it is. And I know in our Facebook group, there have been a lot of posts and discussion about like teeth trauma or lip trauma. And obviously, if you have something that looks scary, you should still go get it checked out, whether it's dentist or pediatrician. I'm not advocating for waiting and seeing on that one if you're concerned, definitely go in, but also just know those areas bleed like crazy, the gums and the tongue. So biting your tongue, like busting a lip nosebleeds. Um, there's so much blood that it can look scarier than it is. And there are some times where, um, where it actually is scary or you, or you want, you know, you want somebody to look at it, but I just feel like the amount of blood in a mouth injury is terrifying if you're not used to it. And often it is less scary than what's actually going on. And once it stops bleeding and you can get a good look, you're like, oh, okay. Now I see what I'm see what I'm dealing with. So that one I feel like. And then when you were talking about swelling, I was thinking about hives. Allegra used to get hives oh, when she yeah. had a virus. And I, I mean I think we I think most of us know that hives are not like usually rushed to the ER situation if you're not having other anaphylactic, you know, experiences. But they can be very scary looking. And like yeah. a real, like Big hives, the big wealthy ones that cover like entire swaths of your body, are mm-hmm. really extreme looking. And I, after like a couple of times with her, I'm being told like, in the absence of other distress symptoms, and she's otherwise fine, like we won't even see a kid with hives until it's been like four weeks. And like they don't really because they're so systemic, and there's they're so often tied to viral or some kind of allergic thing. And if there's yep. no other, if the, in the in the absence of other things there's not really anything to do. So scary hives got my attention several times and and didn't end up being scary in our case.
0: Um, the other thing I just thought of that used to kind of flummox me was bug bites when they weren't very obviously, you know, the common bug, like yeah, mosquito bite or whatever. But a
1: little. Yeah. yeah. Like
0: when they're like a little hard bump and you're like, okay, so that could have been a spider. It could have been mm-hmm. like, it could have been something. I just couldn't even tell you what it is. Yes. And I know it wasn't like, I'm sure it wasn't a brown recluse spider or something like that, where it's like super poisonous, but what if it's something that won't heal on its own or that's going to get infected? And that was something I don't remember. I don't think I ever took my kids in for anything like that, but there were times when I was just a little unsure about yeah, that. Those,
1: those make me a little nervous. One time Violet yeah. kept getting new bites and we couldn't figure out where they were coming from, like red bugs, or we could not figure it out. And I did take her in. They were little, little red bites. And. They said, I, they said, has she, has she swum? Has she swam? Has she swum mm-hmm. in any gross water recently? And we had been to baby gross beach water. in like, well, where it's like not kind of stagnant, not disgusting, but just not the most, like, not like a chlorinated pool or the ocean. Right. And she had, she had been to little baby beach. And I think whatever the biting that had happened in the water, it was almost like a delayed reaction. So it looked like there were new ones that were cropping up, but really it was the same Reaction to the same like set of bug bites, and I did take her in for that one. So yeah, bug yeah. bites can be mysterious. Um, what about stitches? I have zero experience here. Do you have any stitches like stories or tips? Or like, I, I have no experience with a kid getting stitches or myself.
0: I have two, um, and the, I got pretty far into motherhood before you know I had one. So it was I was pregnant with Clara, and I was up in my bedroom hanging out with Jenna. And (laughs) Isaac comes up with his hands over his forehead and goes, blood, and then (laughs) takes his hands off his forehead. There was a lot of blood. He was correct, And he looked, you know, white as death. It was, he looked like not well. Was it the Um, kind
1: of forehead one where it like kind of splits open like that kind?
0: Okay. Yeah. So Jenna, and this is where I would have, This is one I think I wouldn't have known what to do because the part of me who had the kind of parents who told you to rub dirt in it would have been Mm -hmm. like, eh, butterfly bandages. They'll be fine. And then the part of me that's thinking there's so much blood, it's on his face. You know, like I was kind of conflicted for like, I don't know, 10 seconds. And I looked at Jenna and she's like, you go now. So I just, luckily she was there. So I, she stayed with the other kids and I got Isaac in the car and took him in. And, um, yeah, he needed like 11 stitches so he had been screwing around with uh, Jacob in the kitchen and I think they were pretending to slam each other's heads on tables (laughs) like WWF wrestling Uh style you know or E now and um, he got really accidentally slammed He, he insisted that he slipped and it was a total accident but like I believe William ratted him out later and said no they were they were like play fighting and He accidentally like I think he did slip when he was going pretending to smash his face. Yeah, he did slip and actually smashed his face. So it was pretty impressive. And then the other time was much more complicated. This was Clara and she was like two and a half or three. And John and I were getting ready to go to Vegas on the very first time, like the first time I think he and I had maybe maybe ever gotten on a plane together besides taking the kids to Florida. Like there's just the two of us to go someplace for just like only adults Mm -hmm. trip. Um, Clara was finally enough old enough for us to both leave and leave her with, I think his mom. And so she, I think she was like two and a half. She was really little and she was playing leapfrog, frog. And we kept saying, you're going to hurt yourself because her face was coming really close to the ground every time she leaped Oh, and then froggy. she smashed yeah. her. Yeah. Froggy. And then she smashed her. Yeah. She called it froggy. Just smashed her, her um, chin on the ground. And I, we really didn't know what to do about that one because it did look, it looked like the kind that if we had super glued it or, you know, put like really good butterfly bandages on it, it probably would have healed fine. But we were about to leave town. So the calculus got really complicated. Yeah. We didn't want his mom to have to deal with it. Um, we didn't want to not go on the trip. We didn't want her to, you know, have a chin scar or something. Mm-hmm. So there was like all these, like if it had been he and I who would be with her the next day, we probably would have waited right, um, right. and just kept an eye on it and like bandaged it up really well and saw, but we just decided like we need to take her in. So we took her to the ER and she hit, she needed like three stitches and it probably would have been fine without, but I just remember that she called it her chinny chin chin. And she just kept saying, I hurt my chinny chin chin playing froggy. And so, you know, they get over it so fast. Like we were kind of feeling guilty about. She's been super traumatized. And now we're going to get on an airplane and leave. But it was fine. It was fine. It really yeah. was fine. So yeah. she, by the time we got home, it was like I don't, we got her a sucker or something. And yeah. She, got, she immediately got over it. So you haven't had any experience with stitches, but I haven't had any experience with casts uh-huh. on kids. And I know you have. So what was that like? Uh,
1: OK, so we've had traditional casts twice. Um, Violet fractured her elbow when she was two and a half. In a bouncy house with her sister, who was eight, seven, seven, I guess a big seven, and fell on top of her. So I always say that because bounce houses, I don't think they're. I think they're pretty safe when kids of a similar size are jumping in a moderate way in there. Um, but I, I am now very aware of like the big kid, tiny kid, um, combination in a bounce house or on a trampoline because. I think that is when a lot of this stuff happens because if like little kids are often their own bodies seem really dangerous, but they weirdly have, it's like they're in their own protective bubble of like, they can only fall so far. They're already low to the ground. They're already lightweight. So unless there's some third party external force, they're often, you know, pretty bouncy and they do. Okay. But anyway, Allegra fell on Violet. She fell on her elbow in a weird way. And she ended up in a cast. I'm not going to tell the entire bad uh, urgent care story in the interest of time and trauma. It is like kind of a traumatic mom story. And you can find it in our like worst mom fail moments. Um, But the very short version is we went to an urgent care that I didn't feel good about. And that doctor, after an x-ray that didn't show anything, that doctor convinced my mom and I he should try nursemaid's elbow that popped back in the socket for a dislocated elbow, even after we told him. We had seen it happen and we knew it wasn't a dislocated elbow and I let him do it and I regret it. And so he tried that maneuver on a two and a half year old mm, who it turned out had a fractured elbow, oh. not a dislocated elbow. Oh. Um, so there I kind of, I kind of told it, but that child ended up walking around with a fractured elbow for almost a week because I'd been told to just like, eh, just keep an eye on it. Take her into the pediatric ortho. If it doesn't get better, she did end up in a cast, a full arm cast when she was two and a half all of that trauma leading up was by far the most stressful. Once she was in the cast, the hardest parts were we couldn't swim. She did great. I thought she would have trouble sleeping. She did fine. Um, so I guess like my takeaway from that first time, especially with a toddler was the, the getting of the cast includes a lot of things. It includes an x-ray. And if you have toddlers and babies, you often have to hold them down for an x-ray, which as a mom can be Really, really traumatic. traumatic. So yeah. I don't want to diminish that at all. Um, and that was traumatic for me, really traumatic for me. Um, but once the cast is on, in my experience, it became just a regular part of her life and our life. She got a new cast. They wanted to take it off and x-ray again. The elbow can be really tricky. Um, cause there's so many things that come together. So they were really careful about it. So she actually had it taken off x-rayed and another one put back on, I don't know, like two or three weeks in. And it was, so it was a quite an ordeal. Um, but after that initial like diet, we'll call it the diagnostic period. That was the stressful part. The multiple x-rays, the multiple doctor's appointments, the getting on of the cast, the cast itself was totally fine for her. And I think it was about six weeks and it was a full arm cast. So from, from underneath the armpit, um, down through the hand, Um, And she was two and a half, so she wasn't in school or anything. So I guess there were some benefits to that. And then the next summer, Reed broke his forearm, like a buckle fracture, which is what they call it when the radius and ulna like kind of both get a little bit snapped because he fell with his hand reaching out. So, you know, you put all your weight on your hand as you fall and it just kind of buckles those two, those two bones. And it's really common for them both to snap a little bit because they're because of the way the arm is shaped. And he also had a full arm cast. And I remember be- I remember being kind of annoyed because I'd seen all these people with waterproof casts. I'd seen all these people with these little short, like fancy, newfangled casts. And I thought for sure, this is like the middle of summer. No, it was at the end of summer because he went into first grade with it. I thought for sure we could get some kind of fancy brace or or waterproof cast. And they were like, nope, again, armpit uh. to thumb. And I never really understood why. But I, I mean, I, I trust them. But it was a full arm cast, not just a half cast. And um, he also did great. That was harder with an older kid. What's harder is the the limiting of the school and the sports and stuff. So the yeah. little ones are harder for some reasons. But the big ones, he had to start first grade with a cast on. And then I think they shifted to a brace shortly after. So he just had a brace. So all of his little first grade, like they're, they're trying to write their names. And it was his right. It wasn't his. Yeah, it was his right hand. So he was trying to write with that. So that was more of like, it just kind of cramped his cramped his childhood style a little bit, but he did fine. We, we went to Rhode Island when he had that cast and we got a big waterproof cover for it. And I will say that worked pretty well at the beach. It kept sand and moisture away well enough. I never let him submerge in a pool. I just didn't think, um, I don't, have you ever seen one of these, Megan, what I'm talking about? It's like a, it's a thick rubber suction that goes all the way over the cast and then goes really tight. At the, I
0: don't think so. At I I top. haven't paid that close of attention to kids' casts because I have never yeah. had to. So,
1: so these yeah. are supposed to be waterproof. I never let him like go swimming in the pool. I just pictured water leaking into that thing, and Ugh, I felt like we could never so get it gross. to fit just right. Yeah. So I I didn't do it, but um, we did do it to the beach because it just kept like little bits of moisture and sand off. And so uh, yeah, for him, it was mostly the hassle factor, but he also did great. I think most kids adapt really well to casts within the day or two hopefully they can sleep you know they're not uncomfortable when they have to sleep one of the biggest surprises for me um was that when they get their cast off a lot of times the instructions are to still reduce activity or keep them calm or keep them like from <laughs> climbing running jumping and you're looking at them and you're like she's two and a half or like he's right. six. like what do you mean and I actually both times I was I almost didn't want them to take the cast off because I'm like, now I'm responsible for making sure this kid doesn't go on the monkey bars or doesn't right. like, so it's <laughs> right. almost like, like you said, um, with who was it? Oh, Owen. after, after Owen, after his pain goes away, he's going to have to be really careful to not like do too much too soon. Right. And that was always how I felt when the cast came off. Cause they were always made you feel very like no PE for four more weeks or no, like reduced activity. And you're like, yeah, but. How is but, that my, like, but, how am I supposed to do that? Like, put right. the cast back on. So, yeah. I mean, so we've had had that experience twice. Both times, I would say the trauma is in the lead up and a little bit in the after. But both kids did great with the casts.
0: Well, that's good to know. And I mean, I, I've i made it this far, but the chances of me not having a kid in a cast at some point is pretty slim. I will say yeah. when, I was in, when I was in school, I always desperately wanted a cast. I always yeah, wished too. I was a kid that got one. So... Yeah. Um, when that happens to us, I'll try to keep that in mind.
1: Try to keep though you can decorate it and do the colors. Right. Choosing the colors was fun. Both kids like that. With Violet this time around, I am very glad it's a boot. It's just so nice. She can take a shower. It doesn't itch. The cast's gonna get hot and itchy. So she can take it after shower. She could probably go swimming if I somehow like di- I wouldn't let her get up and run around the outside of the pool, but she could go swimming now that we're getting into mm. summer. So thank goodness for boots. Um, but I know they can't, they just can't do that for everything. So, right. Well, it's almost time to wrap up. And I feel like our listeners are going to have a lot of stories back at us. And I realize we didn't really have time to cover, like we, you mentioned the goose eggs, but there are things like concussions is another one where you can be unsure whether to go in. Um, allergic reactions can be scary and not sure. Like is this like a bad one? Is it just a little right. allergic reaction? Is there anything else you think we haven't? um um Bites? Like, I was thinking animal bites. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, that's scary. I and mean, that's a
0: whole nother thing. But like, yeah. And especially yeah. if it's like, you know, not a not like I think it could be really scary if it was like a mean dog that ran up and bit your kid. But sometimes it like can be your family pet that just yeah. nips or something. And so it's like, is this something I need to take them in for? So that's right. another one of those. Yeah, I mean that if it's a, if it's a random dog on the street, take them and they may have rabies, but it's like your family dog. I can see why that, or even cat scratches and bites, like those things happen too. um, or rodent bites. Like those are, that's another whole category. I know we're hamster
1: sitting right now. Um, and hamsters bite more than Guinea pigs do. We have a Guinea pig, but, um, I think that's another great time. Like you mentioned using Google in a smart way to just look at those things to be aware of. And I would say sometimes I don't Google because I'm afraid it'll make me anxious. But the way you described it was like a very, a very measured way to use the Internet. And I would say same thing, calling the nurse's line at your pediatrician. Just be mm-hmm. like, hey, I don't think we need to come in, but I'm looking at this bug bite. Like, what should I be aware of? If you don't have friends who are nurses, if you don't have anyone medical in your family, like don't hesitate to place those calls. They should they should be very gracious about those calls. I've been in pediatric practices, many, some that are better than others about that kind of I think it's like I would call it like patient education. Like I'm not asking for I'm not asking you to diagnose over the phone. Of course, I'll bring this child in. But like, help me understand what to look for. And they should be good about that over the phone. I think some are better than others.
0: So one more that comes to mind, Sarah, and I only have one experience with this was uh, is poison control um, or like, you know, poisonings and ingestions of things. And this is kind of funny to think about. But Jacob, when he was like four, ate a lot of toothpaste and then threw up what looked oh. like Four gallons of toothpaste because it gets <laughs> foamy. Yeah. Uh so it looked yeah. like he was just, you know, throwing up like stuff I was like, where did he even get all this toothpaste? It it looked like a lot, but it turns out it was just probably like one squeeze out of the middle. But anyway, just a plug for poison control. I called them and they were fantastic. Like yeah. very quick, very um helpful, very professional. And I think they also log your information so that something happens later and you call back or if like you need them to triage with your doctor or hospital or something, like that it's like a national. Um, network almost yeah. where they will communicate with with your medical people, so um, definitely if you've ever felt silly about calling med- uh, poison control or felt like, Oh, I don't know, like I think they you know, maybe ate something they shouldn't have, but i I feel weird doing that. Just do it because they give you they'll they'll look at the kids' weight and tell them exactly what they ate, and yep. um, they can very quickly tell you kind of what to do next,
1: yeah. My sister has had a great experience. I can't remember why she's called poison control so many times. She's a very attentive toddler mom but she has and she's always said that they are awesome like the few times she's had something to worry about that they've been awesome on the phone so that's a great reminder and obviously everyone we only spoke to the main injuries we've had so we know we we definitely left some out and we can revisit this or bring an expert on or something like that going forward because I know we I know there's stories from our listener community that we haven't even like haven't even touched on right well Megan, should we remind everybody, this is a real last call for our hiring push. Um, yes. You have to be listening like today to do it today.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, like you better get on it because by the time you load it up, um, it will be getting to be close to the deadline, which is midnight tonight.
1: Yep. And so we are hiring for a few different ways to get involved with our team, some more involved than others. So even if you just have a passing interest, check the link in our show notes or head to the slash hiring. And the deadline is June 8th, which is the day this comes out tonight at midnight. And we'll keep everybody posted as we go through that process over the next few weeks. Might have to be patient with us, um, but we'll be diving into those applications in the next little bit. And Megan, this was, this was fun, I guess. This was awesome. I think so. I think it was fun. We will talk to everybody soon.
0: Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. Just look for The teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteesmade.com to find all the episodes. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like
1: Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.